We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast around the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here as always with Jason Pat, and we're talking about a Bulls loss. 112 to 105, Bulls lose to the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, it was the Bulls' only national TV game of the year, and it was a pretty fun game, Jason. We got to see Joel Embiid put up the highest scoring <laughs> performance of his career. Sets a new career high with 50 points. He looked absolutely unstoppable, and uh, he was just so clearly the best player on the floor. The Bulls had no answer for him. Embiid has been putting up an MVP caliber season. Uh, you know, if I were to look at the field right now, I don't think I would say that he's the front runner, but uh, he's right there. I mean, he's right there with LeBron, with Nikola Jokic, and this was Embiid in his best year, in his best game, basically. That's what the Bulls were up against tonight. He shoots 17 of 26 from the field. Monster on the glass, finishes with 17 boards, six offensive rebounds, five assists, four blocks, two steals. This was just such a dominant all-around performance from Joel Embiid. Uh, He does it without Ben Simmons in the lineup, without Shake Milton in the lineup, both injured for the Sixers. And the Bulls hung with him for much of the night. The Bulls had a chance in this game at the very end. Uh, Some botched crunch time offense for the Bulls. This time it wasn't really Zach Levine hero ball. It was... Garrett Temple taking a long fadeaway two on the baseline uh, after a broken possession. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it was a good team effort from the Bulls, I think. Uh, they couldn't get the win, but I think this was mostly an encouraging game. And for a national audience, if you're viewing the Bulls for the first time this year, at least they look competent uh, and not like a clown show as they were under <laughs> Jim Boylan for all of last year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like when you when Embiid, Joel Embiid puts up 50 points and the Bulls were in it the whole game. I mean, I guess Embiid was a plus 22, so like his minutes were absolutely dominant. The Sixers without Embiid on the court were a joke. With Simmons with Simmons out with this illness, with Shake Milton out, you mentioned as well, that Sixers bench was real rough. Tyrese Maxey, he's a rookie, out of control, real bad. Furkan Korkmaz had some awful turnovers and just that that Sixers bench in general was brutal. We know the Bulls bench is really good. So we saw the Bulls bench kind of keep the Bulls in this game. Thaddeus Young, Tomas Sadoransky, 
even Ryan Archidiakono had some huge plays. He like had a huge stretch in the fourth quarter with like just some hustle stuff. Uh, he hit well, like, he, a- st- he made the shot and yeah. then he stole the inbounds pass and scored on a layup. That was an incredible play. And uh, I'd like to think that somewhere Jim Boylan was feeling a strong <laughs> yeah. rush of spirit in that moment watching Archie Diakno do right, that. Right, yeah. Arch, like, who's like, obviously, we like, we like make fun of him, whatever. He's just like, a, it seems like you're just end of bench, like cheerleader guy. But like, he he made an impact tonight. 10 points off the bench. The Bulls bench outs basically doubled up the Sixers. They helped keep the Bulls in the game despite Joel Embiid's dominance. Embiid, I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. What can you say? Right from the very start, he, he's been doing it all this season, inside and out. His mid-range is unstoppable. He's he's just enormous when he takes the ball to the basket as well. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Wendell, Wendell like took was kind of taking taking it to Joel uh, early the start had, like, of the game. Yeah, yeah. The first quarter, Wendell had uh, I think ten points in the first quarter. Was uh, not afraid going right at him uh, with the offense, but just like defensively, the Bulls had no answer. Wendell. Even as like a solid defensive center, he's undersized against Joel, who's whatever seven one, seven two, like two eighty. Thad Young did his best. He's he, I mean, he's undersized against him. And the Bulls threw out Daniel Gafford, Luke Cornett. I mean, you, you, they had no answer for Joel and Pete all night. But in general, the Bulls did fight really hard. Like I, I was really impressed. The Bull and they didn't even play well tonight. They they did not shoot well. They only shot forty two percent from the field. They were only seven of thirty two from three. Zach Levine. Even though Zach had 30 points, he was only 9 of 28. He did not have a good shooting game, 2 of 10 from 3. Even despite that, and despite just the Bulls' offense not being very good in general, they fought hard. Like I I appreciate the effort on national TV. They they brought the effort. There were multiple times where it looked like the Bulls were about to get blown out. Even in the first quarter, the Sixers went up real quick, real early, went up almost double digits. But every time the Bulls fought back, and even in the second half, that happened again. Towards the end, I think that was towards the end of the third quarter. The Sixers went up ten points. Uh, Garrett Temple, I noted this on Twitter, like had an offensive rebound after a Pat Williams missed three, goes up, gets an and one. The Bulls kind of came back after that as well. We brought up the Archie Diakono hustle plays. The Bulls kind of just really fought and scrapped to stay in this game despite Joel Embiid's total dominance. Again, the Sixers besides Embiid were not very good without Ben Simmons. There, Tobias Harris had a few, uh, had a nice game. He kind of took it to Patrick Williams a few times, just going right at him and just kind of being physical. I mean, that's Petra Williams is a young, young guy. He's still, he's still growing into his body. Tobias Harris is a professional scorer. He's very good. Borderline all-star really took it to him. But for as like, I like the Bulls did not play very well offensively, but to stay in this game against one of the better teams in the Eastern conference, I thought it was, it was, I thought an encouraging performance just in general, this Bulls team, Lately, at, we, we thought like a week or two ago after they they lost that Wizards game, we thought the season was about to spiral out of control, and they've been and they've been pretty solid. They've been competitive. They they had won what was it three out of four before this game. They had their chances in this game. They just weren't able to pull it out at the end. They got a couple tough couple tough calls. Uh, Thaddeus Young trying to take charges against Embiid did not get the calls. You could argue Billy Donovan should have ch- challenged one of those at the end. He explained why he didn't do it. He just didn't get a great look at it. But, I mean, they were right there at the end, despite not playing that great. So, I think the, right now the Bulls are semi-entertaining, very a, a competitive team, even against good teams. And I think that's, at this point, I think that's really all we can ask for from this team, especially since they're still shorthanded. Yeah, I mean, the Sixers were just lucky Denzel couldn't get hot tonight. Yeah. Den- Denzel was bad tonight. He, he was only, Denzel was only one of four from the field tonight. He, he, was, he, was, he was still a plus seven. Denzel is... 
Oh, you bring that up. Denzel is the is the new Tony Snell. He's the plus minus guy. Even if he plays like garbage, shoots like shit, he still ends up being a plus minus because you, that Pistons game. We'll talk about that a little bit here after the Sixers game. Uh, the Pistons game where Denzel shot one of eleven, he was still like a plus nine uh, tonight. He was one of four overall, one of four from three. He was still a plus seven. The Bulls bench was a killer. Again, yeah, the Bulls, I mean, just the Bulls bench, just in general, the Bulls stay competitive because they have Zach Levine who can score a lot, even in a poor shooting game tonight, got to the free throw line 10 times, made a 10, made all 10 free throws. And their bench, I mean, the veterans have just been so crucial to this Bulls team that whether it's Thad Young, whether it's Garrett Temple, whether it's Sadransky, whether it's even Denzel, like they have kept this team afloat and it, which is, which would, which makes the uh, the whole like trade deadline thing even more interesting. Maybe we'll talk about a little bit about that. We don't want to stay too long tonight on this Friday night, but, but yeah, I mean, it was again, just like tonight was a, the Bulls did not play well. The, I thought the way they might, they played tonight. I thought they were going to get blown out. It looked like they were going to at a few times, a few points and they, uh, they, they kept it close. So honestly, like despite the loss, I was mostly encouraged by how the Bulls played tonight. Uh, let's talk about Wendell a little bit because Wendell obviously had his hands full with Embiid. Like you said, Wendell, I think he started the game yep. four or five from the field for eight points. Uh, Wendell and Embiid were just trading buckets back and forth on each other uh, at the start of the game. And then Carter the gets hit with, in my opinion, Brutal. a totally yep. bullshit flagrant on Embiid, which the refs reviewed. I think they ruled it a uh, common foul, reviewed it, and got the flagrant. Basically, what happened is that Embiid was going up. He was low, rising up for the ball. Like a foul Carter coming down on yeah. top of him hit the ball. Yep. He hit the ball and then hit him in the face on the follow-through. So, I mean, that's clearly a yep. basketball play. Like, he got so much of the ball that I couldn't believe they called that a flagrant. So that was tough. But then, you know, Wendell rebounds, uh, finds his offensive groove again, hits a three-pointer, which was nice to see because, uh, you know, those have been few and far between from Wendell this year. But then they go into the locker room and uh, Wendell bricks. Totally it wasn't bricks even a brick. I don't think, I don't think it time. caught anything. And, I think that was an air ball. <laughs> yeah. It caught nothing. Yeah, it was an air ball. It was a straight up air ball. And then he is the victim of just an absolutely insane Embiid Euro step, which I was like, you know, when Embiid is hitting all of his free throws, he goes 15 to 17 in this game. He's hitting the mid-range shots, including the Ridiculous basically shot. the one that clinched the win, which it's, was a super tough baseline shot with like his heel on the three-point line. Uh, there's just basically no way to defend that. And he can do a sick Euro step in transition. I got to say, a Joel Embiid fast break Euro step is one of the sickest things in basketball. I mean, seeing a guy that big move with that sort of agility, totally hit uh, Carter with the inside out, it was just a dominant performance. But I do think that Carter, uh, despite kind of a rough second half, I think he had a a pretty good night in general. Uh, You know, he was minus 17, which was the worst on the team. Uh, he was definitely much better in the first half, but, uh, yeah. you know, the Bulls need him. And I feel like you sort of you saw what they were missing when he was gone and sort of the value he brings to the team in his numbers in general in this third season. Like this has been the best season of his career when he's on the floor. He's averaging 13 points a game. That's a career high. Uh, you know, his rebounding numbers are a little down and defense has been a little spotty at times, just adjusting to the new scheme. Of course, he didn't really get much of a training camp, got no preseason. I still think he's pretty solid defensively. Obviously, like he's just not big enough to contest 
to contend with Embiid. But, you know, assists, he's been great at too. Like, he has been a passing hub. I thought that he made some really good passes today in the short roll and just in, like, four-on-three situations. I remember early in the game, he rifled a pass to the corner to Archie Diacono, and Archie (laughs) Diacono, like, hit the side of the backboard. But that was, like, a really high IQ, high feel pass for Carter. Uh, you know, I think he, he's had a, a pretty solid season, like 61.3 true shooting percentage. He's, he's showing some growth, I think. Uh, you know, there's no one who can stop Embiid. And like I said tonight, I don't think a single player in the league could have stopped Embiid with some of the shots he was hitting and some of the shit he was doing. Uh, but, you know, it was still, I think, a good learning experience for Carter. And now it's like, you know, he needs to not get so down on himself when he airballs a three at the start of the second half or, you know, when he has a tough night defending a guy who's totally unguardable like Embiid. Uh, We just need consistent high-level effort from Carter because, to me, he's still so key to this team's future. It's hard to believe he's still 21 years old. Uh, You know, very young guy, uh, many, many years ahead of him. I mean, if he could even be an above-average center by 23-24, you know, that would be great for the Bulls. So got to keep in perspective, he's only 21. He had a rough night tonight, obviously, when Embiid's going for 50, but... Uh, I'm still mostly encouraged by Carter. So curious what, you know, what you thought of Carter's night and where you think Carter is right now. I mean, you have to love how he came out against Embiid. Obviously, Embiid came out. I think he had 14 in the first quarter. Carter was almost matching him. Yeah, I think he had 10 in the first quarter. Like you said, like those first, I think he was four of four, four or five, something like that, right at the start of the game. Just no fear going right at Embiid. And he kind of, and he did that. He kind of went at Sabonis a couple nights ago as well. Like just, not no fear and that which is great to see because I think that was one of the problems we saw earlier this season and in the preseason when we were like when Carter just looked totally lost and like just totally bereft of confidence just like he had nothing going uh so to like come out like that against all-star level players against an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid I think is great obviously the consistency and to be able to sustain that over a full game that's I mean that's That'll, that'll hopefully come with time if Wendell is the, the center of the future here. Like Joe, uh, obviously, MB just absolutely crushed him and everybody else throughout the course of the game. And Joel Embiid is one of the best players in the league. He is a top, probably th- top three MVP candidate. So it's hard to like rip Carter too much for just for giving up all those points. But I mean, I think you have to like what you saw just from the start of the game. That aggression was nice to see. And I think going back to the Pistons game, like we'll, we will talk about this Pistons game as well, where the Bulls went down 25, where Carter and some of the other young guys, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, were benched. Uh, but they came back and they made nice plays down the stretch. We saw Carter make some plays in the fourth quarter of that Pistons game. Kobe White hit a big three. Patrick Williams had 12 points in that fourth quarter, hit a big three, hit the basically the game-stealing three. So like we've seen some nice things from these young guys whether it's pat whether it's carter whether it's kobe white kobe white did not have a great game tonight against the uh against the sixers he also had he dealt with an injury i know in the first half he had like a knee contusion he did come back but not have a great game which is i mean not surprising when you're playing a great team like the sixers with good perimeter defenders like matisse thibel guys like that kobe's still a work in progress but uh i mean if we're talking about wendell showed some nice things against tonight even with that going big he Showed some nice things against the Pistons. I think he had 18 points in that game. He had some big buckets in the fourth quarter. Patrick Williams is quiet tonight, but he had that big fourth quarter against the Pistons. So I guess to, I guess we don't want to. Like I said we don't want to go too long time. Let's let's talk about this Pistons game real quick. Uh, after or moving past tonight's game, going back to the Pistons game where they were down 25. 
Uh, and they make that big comeback where Zach goes off in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, uh, we saw some of the young guys make some big plays. I think that would, uh, just really nice to see like them, the resilience. I feel like the Bulls have shown a bit more resiliency this season. We, I'm, and we saw that in this game against the Sixers tonight. But in a game where they go down 25, we saw that earlier against the, the Blazers a couple times this year as well. They go down 20-plus points. That first Blazers game, they win. The second one, they they should have won, but Dame saves the Blazers. And then the Pistons game, they go down 25. They're down 25 points late in the second quarter. They come back. They basically erase that deficit in like a quarter, and they ended up pulling out in the, in the fourth quarter with some of the young guys making big plays. I think that that's been really encouraging. Again, like as I mentioned earlier in this pod, like, a couple, like a week or two ago, look at this team was March. It was like on a death march after that Wizards loss. Like with all the injuries, like it looked like this team was going to be just like marching towards the bottom of the standings. But they had the Pelicans game where they hit twenty five threes. They win the Pacers game. They they win that in overtime. The Pistons game. They come back down twenty five. That's kind of saved their season. Made them a lot more interesting in in these last in this last week or two. And tonight they 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 keep the Sixers close. So. I guess just what are your thoughts about that Pistons comeback and just the Bulls in general right now? I think just kind of being like they're not good. They're definitely not good, but I think they're just they're competitive, they're competent, and it it, it is just really nice to see, I think, in general, to have a, a competent bunch to to watch every night. Well, the story of the Pistons game was Levine. I think Levine scored 37 yep. in that game, uh heroic plays late. And it seems like right after that game happened, Bulls get the win. Uh, everyone started singing Levine's praises specifically for All-Star. And we All-Star, know that yeah. he's not going to be an All-Star starter, but the reserves are going to get announced next week. And Levine's obviously got a very good case. So there were a bunch of good things around the internet uh, on Levine. Mark wrote a great thing on Levine at Bulls HQ. Rob Schaefer did a nice uh, article and video essay on Levine. Uh, there was a good post on Bloggable. So there was a lot of good stuff on Levine, but you know, then tonight in his national debut game, I felt like he was pressing a little bit, right? Like I kind of felt like, you know, this was going to be yeah. his one opportunity to really impress a national audience. And he was just cold from the field. Part of that is just like the variance in shooting, but late Levine looked like a stud again. And I was just going to say that Levine had probably the dunk of the night in the NBA, but uh, I checked my Instagram real quick and I don't know if you Anthony saw Edwards. this Edwards dunk, yeah. but oh my God, Anthony <laughs> Edwards. Just wiped Zach off the floor, uh, but Zach's dunk was incredible. Late in the game, coast to coast, uh, basically evading one defender, nasty one-hand dunk. A couple possessions later, he gets a step back three. Again, it was a rough shooting night for him, but he made that one late. Uh, So, you know, I think Levine still flashed the goods, even though this was probably one of his worst games of the season. Oh, yeah. He shot 9-28 from the field, but... Dude, he still finished with 30 and five assists. So I thought that Levine was hitting some really, really tough shots late. And he's always had that ability, right? Like we've been talking about this on the podcast for years, even before he was putting up absolutely wild scoring efficiency numbers like he is this year. He's always had this ability to score points on very tough shots. And we saw some of that tonight. Uh, against the Sixers, we definitely saw it against the Pistons. So you know, if this was if this was all a national audience got to see from Zach, I don't know if it totally convinced them that Zach Levine is a different player, that he's like completely evolved, that he's changed. But uh, it was still he had his moments in this game, and I think like that dunk and that step back three are going to be on highlight reels uh, for this game. Any any one you watch. 
and it was good to see Zach at least have a few moments in what was otherwise a pretty rough shooting night. For sure. I uh, I thought he was going to have a big game tonight. So the fact that he went 9-28 was disappointing. He missed a few layups that he, I mean, he's he's been finishing so well this season. He's up like almost at 70% finishing this year around the rim. So the fact that he missed a few of those layups early as well, just like uncharacteristic for him. But he, I, I, I wouldn't say he even played a bad game. He just missed some shots. I know our guy, Stefano, who we call it every night, like was pointing out some of his like good defensive plays. Like he did have some like, he did have some good defensive plays. The play that you mentioned was like a, his dunk was, I think, off a Carter block event. I think, or I think Carter packed Embiid at the rim, and that turned into the Levine dunk on the other end, which is one of the better sequences of this bowl season. Uh, so yeah, like Zach did not shoot well tonight, and he's been so good shooting all year. Like his efficiency has been so good. Uh, so unfortunate that he did have this poor shooting night, but in general, I th- he absolutely deserves to be an all-star. And that's a conversation we've had. We don't have to go that much deeper into that. Like, I, I think absolutely Zach Levine deserves to be an all-star this season. I hope he makes it. I believe they will be announcing those next Thursday. Uh, there's a lot of guys that do deserve all-star this year, but I think Zach does. I mean, he's whatever, 28, 28, 28, 29 points a game. His efficiency is so high, even with the bulls, whatever the 12 and 16, like, and he's just been carrying their offense for almost this entire season. Uh, I think he deserves it, and that's basically it. I didn't think he deserved it last year. I know some people thought he should have made it last year. I think he, I didn't think so. I think he does this year. So hopefully he does get recognized. Um, but besides that, uh, we can probably wrap it up here. I mean, it was uh, again the Bulls. They fought hard tonight. It was unfortunate they they could not pull it out. They had been on a nice little run here to kind of get back into the thick of things. I mean, they're gonna, I think they're going to stay in the thick of things for this entire season. Even even if they trade Thad, and again, that's a whole other conversation as well. Uh, whether they should trade Thad Young, whether they what what they should do with some of these veterans. The veterans are obviously helping them, helping prop them up. Let me go look at the standings right here as we wrap up here. With the Bulls' loss tonight, they're twelve and sixteen, but they're still just ninth. They're still ninth in the East. They're a game out of the eight seed. The Charlotte Hornets are the eight seed. The Knicks are seventh, also a game behind them. Uh, with all these teams just kind of bl- in this blob here in the Eastern Conference, the Bulls are right there. They're right in this mix. So I think they're going to be in it, even if they do trade a guy like Thad. Like I know Thad makes them so much better. I'm not sure how much they would really fall out. Maybe they would, but I mean that. Well, I don't know. We'll see. But. It'll be interesting to see. Ricky, do you have any final thoughts here from this game? That Anything we've seen in the last couple of days before we wrap it up here? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, most of the things you've touched on, that it was nice to see the Bulls sort of steady out the season when it looked like it could have gone sideways. That's been good. And, I mean, they're keeping our attention, man. Like, this was an entertaining yeah. game to watch. Absolutely. Uh, certainly, you know, no Ben Simmons. To a lesser extent, no Shake Milton, who's had sort of some uh, peaks and valleys for Philadelphia this year. So, uh, Bulls competed. They couldn't beat. Embiid tonight though dude no, no one would have yeah. beat Embiid Embiid was just incredible Lots. and uh it was an honor to get our ass kicked by Joel Embiid <laughs> yeah I, honestly that's this is a tip your cap game to Joel Embiid the Bulls they had their opportunities they they with a little better shooting they could have won this game even with Embiid going going so well but again tip your cap to Joel Embiid 50 points absolutely dominant inside and out good for him uh, I guess well, let's look ahead here. So the Bulls do play again right right away tomorrow night. They play the Kings. The Kings have been fucking trash. So I'm, I know the Bulls did lose them earlier this year, but back on their home floor, not that that really matters at this point this year, home road has been, the Bulls have been a better team on the road, honestly, this season. But I guess back in your home floor, you would hope you would beat the Kings tomorrow night. And then we got the Rockets maybe on Monday. I know the Rockets have had their last few games uh, 
postponed because of the crazy winter storm down in Texas. But I mean, the if they do play, the Rockets have not been that good. Uh, possibly old Victor Oladipo will be back. But coming up here, the Bulls have a little stretch. We got Kings, Rockets, Timberwolves for the next three games. I mean, that's those are three games where you think the Bulls could win. Maybe go two and one, three and zero, oh, maybe before the last couple games before the the end of this first half of the season gets more tough. We got after that, you got Suns, Raptors, Nuggets, Pelicans. But so we got a few games here where the Bulls can make a little uh, make a little run again. I know we've talked about that early. We talked about that early in the season when they were playing like the the Knicks and the Magic and the Wizards and all that, and the Bulls kind of fucked up there. But I guess we'll see in the, over this next week if the Bulls can kind of make some hay here with this uh, a little lighter schedule before the before the the wrap or uh, the the end of this first half. But uh, that'll be all from us tonight. This emergency podcast after the Bulls the, the Bulls lone national TV game of this first half on ESPN. Uh, they will be the. I think the NBA will be announcing the second half schedule coming up here, whether it's in this week or well, not this week. It's already the weekend, but next week coming up, basically in the next week or two. Hopefully, we get a TNT Bulls game. Maybe uh, the we have not had a TNT Bulls game since I believe 2017. I believe that streak is still at 20 straight home wins on TNT, uh, and I'm going to take credit for that. I'm pretty sure I found that found that streak, so I'm just going to keep taking credit for that. Maybe the Bulls will actually get a home TNT game the second half of the year since they're kind of in this playoff mix. I hope they do. It'd be nice to get see them get some more national TV shine uh, and not because they've it's only been basically like one or two games a year the last couple of years. We got the one here tonight. Hopefully we get some more in the second half of the season since the Bulls are kind of in this since they have an all-star level player in, in uh, Zach Levine. But uh, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, for Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Shout out to Blue Wire Network. You know where to find me and Ricky. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky's at uh, at SBN underscore Ricky. For our pod, wherever you listen to us, we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those good places. Rate and review us. Give us feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know if there's any ideas you want us uh, to talk about or anything we can get better. And we, there's plenty of other great podcasts across the Blue Wire Network. So for Cash Considerations, Chicago Bulls Podcast, it's been Jason and Ricky. We'll talk to you guys next time. Let's go Bulls. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.